Fonda. I want you to check out something. It's a book. It's called Le Moment Qu'il Venait. It's by a writer called Jean Collot. Uh, I don't get it. Thank you again for tuning into I Don't Get It. I'm Fonda, and I'm here for a very special episode with our guest host, Vince Frossier. Thank you for having me on here. Maybe can we start with having you maybe tell the audience a little bit about who you are and sure. where they might have seen you before? Yeah, well, uh, at a very young age, I co-founded a company called Surreal So Real Theater. We've done a few different things here and there in town, uh, so you may have seen me there. I'm also working a lot for uh, Teatro La Quindicina. Um, if people come to theater on Mondays, which is rare, but uh, there is <laughs> Dynasty on Mondays, and I'm oh, I'm you're one in of the, the Dynasty. Yeah, cast. I'm one That's of those. Right. I'm one of those weirdos. <laughs> we we are all weirdos. It's our bowling night so that's what we do and uh, and then of course rapid fire uh, I do a lot of improv there that's fantastic um, well again thanks for coming on Vince this episode we're talking about Leo which is quite a unique physical theater production originally conceived by Tobias Wagner uh, by Y2D Productions in Montreal and Chameleon Productions in Berlin this was brought to Edmonton by Luni Theatre uh, and um, and the lovely people at La Cité Francophone. And we had the fortune of seeing it last week, and it was a pretty great performance, wasn't it, Vince? Well, it's one of those pieces that you, 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 you can't really describe it without using the words mind blown. Like, uh, I just, I, I kept trying to eloquently describe what was going on, and I was just like, I don't know, my mind was blown. My, mm -hmm. my mind was blown. Mm -hmm. So to set the piece up, Leo is a solo physical theater piece performed by one acrobat slash actor, um, brilliant guy named William Bonnet. The the set in the show is, you know, it's, it's how the whole thing starts. Um, you, you see the floor in, uh, if you look at stage right, the floor is painted blue, and then there's a wall on the side, uh, probably to your right, you know, so uh, painted red. And then on the back wall, the one we can all see, is painted like dark, dark blue. Um, so that's one side of the stage, and on the other side of the stage, there's this giant video projection which is showing uh, a, a, a full uh, live version of the performer, um, but 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 completely flipped 90 degrees. So what what we see as a blue floor on the right side is actually a blue wall on the left side, and what we see as a red wall on the right side is actually a red floor on the other side. And then the back wall is always you know dark blue, same. It's it's still a a, a wall. But it's flipped 90 degrees, so we, we, we see things happen along that wall later on in the play, too. And that's what's so amazing is these two worlds that are so separate but the same. But there's this sort of consistency behind them. It's just kind of 
turned a little bit on one side and it it really plays a trick on your mind and i think one of the show's great successes is establishing the gravity of one of the sides so early on in this red wall which is actually a wall um and in the video projection turns out to be the floor so when the actor, the performer, Bonet, he has his feet planted against the wall for about the first 10 minutes doing plank exercises and yada yada, when you watch him on the video, it looks like he's just standing at a bus stop turning around and dancing as perfectly and most charmingly as can be. It kind of gets split up into three parts is what I feel is like there's the first part we get established, you know, uh, here's here's the rules of gravity you understand as an audience and here's how we're going to twist it. Uh, this the, if you're looking at the video, uh, this guy now has a wall that has gravity and he starts to play. Right, mm-hmm. like he, he. The plays wall has more gravity than the floor. Yeah, yeah. and you, and you're right. You're you're right. Like you mentioned that it was. It's like clown. Um, there's there's this. The man is he's moving up the wall. He does like funny break dancing. He's a clown mm-hmm. in, in that moment. Um, and then it shifts into you know you have this moment when he realizes like it doesn't matter that there's gravity on the wall. I'm still alone, stuck mm-hmm. here. And he finds this piece of chalk, and and he starts drawing on 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 you know the third wall that we can see, mm-hmm. which is the dark blue wall. In case people were paying attention to the colors I described, there's a dark blue wall too. And he he draws all over it, and you know he draws a chair. It's a and chalkboard it, wall. It's yeah, brilliant. It's yeah. just like, mm. and, and 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 in that moment, I was like, well, yeah, I I sort of forgot that uh, drawing or or visual art while making it could be choreography on its own. Like, I don't know, I don't know if he if he mm-hmm. does draw. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's a really good artist, but the fact is, like, he learned the choreography of how to be on one hand on the floor with two feet on the wall and draw on a different wall in with this, the other hand. In this brilliant plank position, <laughs> right? he's drawing sideways in reality. Mm. He's drawing sideways this entire scene of a, of a lonely chair and a table and a single glass of wine that's emptied because he's waiting for a date that never shows up. And, and he shows this quite brilliantly by drawing a full glass of wine and a full bottle of wine and then emptying and then just it by erasing it. Yeah. it with his hand. And he he's doing this all on his side while it's being also projected at the 90 degree right angle. You see him doing it right side up. But for some reason, like, it's it's even more sad because you know how much more work he put into it. Yeah. As, um, as, the, as the acrobat trying to achieve that scene not being able to draw it right side up because I think everybody knows that even, even if you draw a stick figure when you're right side up, drawing it somehow on on oh, a 90 side. degrees I would recommend that everyone awkward. tip their head right now and just look at the world with a tipped head. Give it a and shot. then just imagine that like that's what you're seeing on stage and then the video is telling you that the the video is showing you what it would be when you look at things normally, or even just because that's just that's what it is. Or even you know? just try to convey someone to some something to someone at a ninety degree angle and see how how much cha- how how different it is than actually conveying it to them at 
at uh, at, at at a right angle, um, and and yeah. understand how actually like difficult and sort of virtuosic it was for this production company to do this, for them to convince us number one that the wall is a floor, and then number two to convince us that the floor is actually a wall that has crazy gravity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Followed by drawings that come to life, which kind of goes into the second part of the show, which is like, a, uh, like it's almost a kid's show. You the know? video takes and, over, and mm -hmm. and and that's a good point to bring up is uh, that they they had uh, a lot of kids matinees, like uh, not kids matinees, uh, student matinees. Students is the Theater right word. Theater for young to people, call it. we call it TYA. Sometimes. Uh, yes, <laughs> not kids or children anymore. We must call them young adults. Anyways. Um, yeah, like they did. They did shows, and and I actually got to talk to the performer a bit, and he he was just he loved the fact that like students are the most honest audience, mm -hmm. you know, and like when like us as adults, like we can we'll we'll forgive you know moments that we see like silences or things like that. We'll just wait, and we'll wait for the performer. Whereas the kids, uh, they they'll they'll right away they'll just be like I'm bored or like. You know, they'll just say their honest opinion, and he said he said that that's such a great way for him to weave through the show. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was talking to him, but uh, I was <laughs> listening. <laughs> One of the things that this show was is that it was accessible to pretty much anyone because he, despite it being presented by the French language company in Edmonton, it had no mm. verbal language at all. None. Yeah. Um, it, it was all movement, and and in fact, uh, there was there was so much uh, physical and emotional language in the show that you didn't need the language at all. Like it, it was all in the body, mm -hmm. and which, like again, speaks to the actual power and of uh, and narrative of movement that we kind of sometimes try to talk about on this show but we also sort of try and kind of downplay is that you know we always say that you you don't have to get it as a, as a dance as a modern dance or a contemporary dance you, you don't really have to have a narrative but often there is a super strong and powerful narrative and I came out of this show feeling so overwhelmed to be honest like I was I was just stunned I couldn't even talk to people about it afterward because I thought it was actually just quite so beautiful. All I said was like, you just actually just need to go see the show. <laughs> well, I think that's right. It's the power of a movement show or a dance show should be that you have no words to describe it. Because the fact is, if there were words to describe it, they would have said them in the show. Mm. Again, reporting from I don't get it on a like inherently verbal verbose format <laughs> on something that is like actually something in its ideal form has no words to describe right. it <laughs> but I do want to sort of like draw back into the second act sort of like the last latter two parts of the show in the second part of the show the uh, performer leans back plays a harmonica solo, leans back on the wall, which is actually his own floor, plays this beautiful harmonica solo, and the video comes to life. The video actually comes to life from the drawings that he's made on the wall. Yep. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. You, 
the, the precision, first of all, of drawing the, the, the everything in the right place, but then also it comes to life and then, you know, um, uh, spoiler alert or whatever, but, you know, the, <laughs> the, the fishbowl gets tipped over and, and, and the fishbowl just drains forever and then water overtakes the entire scene. But in the video, and, and you're watching him deal with that live on stage mm -hmm. but but you know there's no water on that side there's only water on the video side and and he eventually figures out how to drain it all and then and then from that moment on it kind of takes a more dark sense and that's kind of the part three of the mm -hmm. of the whole play is he's suddenly in this world where where he has to deal with himself he's gone through you know the first part where it was just being alone and the second part where he created his own world and then it's he's back to being alone and we watch him and we watch him deal with those emotions and we see we see like the video ends up uh what they do is they kind of do a live delay and mm -hmm. and 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 so you see him follow himself into the video but then sometimes they speed it up so that you, I think they must have filmed another performance or something. Sometimes you mm -hmm. see him get ahead of himself on the video. I think that there were a few tracks mixed with like previous performances and like him doing his doing what was actually happening live. It was quite a brilliant bit of video. Yeah. And I have to say, in that oh, in those those parts near the end, I felt like the video became overwrought and I I really actually did just want to watch the performer in and of himself and the beauty of it was that I could I could watch but you have that choice I could see him like acrobatting through the room and among the walls like he was hanging off the tops of the walls and upside down and uh, swinging around he was doing quite a, a brilliant um, acrobatic job and a really really wonderful last like 10 to 12 minutes where it just showed this really descent into madness where he was trying to choose between this room that he had created in this strange gravity that he he had created for himself and also um, this sort of like odd thing where he knew it wasn't real he knew it wasn't quite Right. And watching him just in the room was just as magical as all the video tricks and all of the stuff that they were playing on the other side. Yeah. And where do you go? You know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, he leaves eventually. Mm -hmm. and When he leaves so beautifully, oh, it made me so sad. <laughs> yeah, because 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 you see you see two things at the same time. You see that you're very happy that he's getting out because he's been very lonely the whole time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you were there for an hour of that and you were so entranced by him you don't want him to leave mm -hmm. so and just this one guy one, like he did he's guy. like a brilliant brilliant performer and he created a brilliant character that you wanted to follow through this journey that he went on however kind of like childlike and immature and playful as it was sometimes in the end, this sort of like descent, you know, he you kind of realize that he maybe is growing up a little bit and he's saying goodbye yeah. to the world. Um, and in the end, again, like spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he he has placed his suitcase, his his loyal suitcase, uh, which was a player in the show the entire time, which has played him music and played him scenes and played him songs. He place he has placed his suitcase on the wall, and in the end, his suitcase becomes this door of light, and he 
sort of he steps through it and in and in the end it's the best anti-gravity trick ever because it actually is placed on the real wall like our physical world real wall but on the projection it looks like he's going into the floor yeah and no one has seen the back of the suitcase no one knows what the back of the suitcase holds i mean everyone takes for granted that it's sort of like a regular suitcase the entire show yeah. uh and in the end, he takes the suitcase and he puts it on the wall. He does this amazing acrobatic descent sort of into madness and or adulthood or reasonability, whatever you want to call it. Who knows? There's um, so many questions left at the end of the show mm -hmm. because if you're looking at the video, is he descending into hell? If you're looking at real life, mm -hmm. is he descending into just another room where there are actual people? Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. you want... Or is he just descending into real life, which could be hell? We don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like the most beautiful and sad but triumphant thing where he was just kind of like, he confronted his demons in the yep. nightmares of the chalk drawings that came to life and he steps into the suitcase slowly but surely and actually in probably the best physical theater of the show, he is walking into a wall with his hands. Um, because that's where the suitcase is placed. The suitcase is placed on a wall it's with on magnets. The wall. Um, and in the video, it looks like he's just sort of crawling into the floor, which is, I feel, less magical. The, the real bit of him actually going into the wall and like poking out and looking back to the audience and looking around again at the room and then finally just like going back in, shutting the suitcase. And it he was... kind of says goodbye, which is the worst. Because he <laughs> says goodbye, and you're like, no, I wanted you, I wanted to take you home and snuggle you forever. I felt like a stalker at the end of the show. I that's, left, that's I, I, le felt. I left, feel, I left with a big heave in my chest, and I, I, I could not, I, I did not know what to say. I felt so in love, really, <laughs> and, and enchanted by the show. And like, why, why don't, where's my, where's my suitcase? Where's my little spot where I can like dive in and, and play like that? It was, it was truly magical. And this, this theater company has done some, uh, something amazing to audiences, not only for us, but actually around the world now. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Vince, for coming to see Leo with us. I hope oh, you'll come absolutely. guest again sometime if we need you when Paul is like, you know, bailing or whatever. I've been trying, <laughs> actually, to get like a low, deep, lovely Paul voice, uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We're going to have a deep voice off later. Oh, dear. Well, we can see how that goes. Maybe you can come and uh, try it out at the Expanse Movement Arts Festival while we are there, actually. Oh, because yeah. the Expanse Festival has gr graciously asked us to come and, like, hang out in their lobby and be... Um, you know, dance reviewers and invite people to review dance while we are there. Oh, that's so, awesome. So throughout the Expanse Movement Arts Festival, you can find us March 5th to 9th at the ATB Arts Barns. We will have some sort of blanket fort set up there. And um, there will be um, possibly a deep voice off 
uh, between Vince and Paul. And I'll totally be there because uh, I'm doing a show there as well. Uh, part of the Raw program over the weekend of those dates. Um, I'm doing a show called Blue Eyes, Black Hair, which I'm co-directing and co-choreographing with Nancy McAleer, who's just tops. And upcoming next, we also have the Prairie Dance Circuit, which Paul and I will be reviewing. That's running February 28th to March 1st at the Tim's Art Center, which features the Usha Gupta Dance Entourage and Katak Indian Classical Dance, which I find super fantastic, just maybe because I really like watching footwork and rhythm and um, good, good, like, cultural dance from around the world. I think it's fascinating. And also Joanna Bundan um, with a, a new choreography called The Understory. And I think that that will also be fascinating as well. And you can also stay tuned to listen for the irreverent and lovely Trent Wilkie and I reviewing his first ever dance performance with uh, when we review Ailey 2 in our next episode. Trent Wilkie is my favorite person ever, and I'm sorry to you okay. for that. Thanks, thanks, Vince. That's it's, all right. It's okay. I'll be listening <laughs> for him. Uh, thanks, everyone, again for listening to I Don't Get It, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. The I Don't Get It podcast is recorded under a table in a blanket fort in an apartment in Edmonton, Alberta. It was recorded and edited by Andrew Paul. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more about Ghibli at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here thinking.